Hi, this is uh, Tony Silva in Osaka. And this is Charles Wiz. And this is episode 26, Two Teachers Talking. And Charles and I get together and talk about teaching, teaching English in Japan mostly, things that uh, work for us, things that don't, uh, things that baffle us. And uh, at the beginning of uh, spring quarter, we're here to give you our uh, preliminary report of how things are going. I mean, our preliminary reports on being baffled again. And there we go. That's it. Baffled, baffled, baffled. I'm baffled. Okay. So you've made it? Well, I don't know if... I so far? Say. You're there? I woke up this morning. Okay. Well, I was, I've was. i gone through, um, I guess it's, what is it, about two weeks now? Uh, two weeks of classes. And as always, I'm incredibly tired. Um, and it's that time where I'm looking and trying to assess what's going on and kind of doing the initial course corrections but yeah, I think I've made it. I've gotten through. I've seen the classes, all my classes, two times. So I've got a sense as to the dynamics of the class or the class personalities and the sizes and the logistics. Uh, you know, which classes are going to be difficult to teach because just the sheer size and the layouts of rooms that can't be changed. And you know, it was two weeks of really running around to offices asking for room changes and making sure things worked and. Um, you know, the usual things. Mm-hmm. Wireless connection doesn't work, so I have to get the computer center guy to come in, and then he can't get it to work. <laughs> so I didn't feel so bad. Things like that. How about yourself? I guess the one the one word that I've got is just exhaustion. <laughs> um, find myself, yeah, totally exhausted. And I guess if we talk about you know mistakes that we make over and over again, and it's one of the things that bothers me because I'm usually pretty good at it, but um, just... Um, kind of fell down on and energy management um just overextended way too much and put way too much energy in yeah just feeling really really drained um but um i had a little bit of what you had and you talked about you know the logistics problem not not too much this year i got uh, well that's a change for us yeah i've got a i've got a bad classroom which i'm not going to change because the students like the location of it but it's it's lacking uh, some key equipment, mm, so it's mm. got a. It had uh, a pretty decent audio console in there, but it it uh, crapped out in the middle of last year, and they didn't re- repair it. But it, in, in its place, there is a TV monitor, a, a TV, a television, and a, a VHS and a DVD CD player. But the TV is a, a old CRT type, and it doesn't have a projector input, so you can't feed it anything from the computer. Um, you can do audio with the RCA jacks, but the, you know, then you're using the TV for the sound, so it's less than optimal. But the kids, it works with their schedule. Where they're running around from class to class, so th- I have the class all day, and they all wanted to stay there, so we're staying there. And that's it's not terrible. It's not insurmountable. You know, just burn a couple of discs, no mm-hmm. big deal. But um, and then the, the positive side, I've had I have uh, um, out of my 18 classes, 17 are fantastic well i don't know fantastic a lot of them are fantastic but out of the 17 out of the 18 it's just really, really very very lucky jesus that's really good, that good is draw. that's an incredible hit how many times have you had that in 27 years of I teaching can't, i don't know that i've ever had this many what's the highest you've ever had before this I, year? I can't count but maybe yeah maybe like 12 13 i mean maximum half maybe right yeah yeah that's an incredible incredible 
Incredible account. So it'll be very interesting to listen as the year turns, so to speak, as the year goes forward. Whether <laughs> yeah, like the next show, it's the like, next show. Boy, is like, was well, wrong. this is like I have seventeen of the worst classes ever. <laughs> Talk about well, that's because everybody bad first impressions. <laughs> yeah, or it's everyone's on their good first behavior, and um, students are. It's a beginning, right? They're not burned mm. out. There's that mm. term in Japanese, right? Mm. Gogatsbyo. Gogatsu sure. is May yeah. fifth month sickness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. Now I have... just start spring fever. Right? Okay. Do you have any first year students? They're almost all first year students. Ah, so you're kind of one of their first real mate. So you, did you teach a Monday like second period class? I taught a Monday first and second period. So you basically got to teach some students. Some students first university class experience was with yeah, you. Yeah, and I love that. Oh, love that. oh, those are great, aren't they? Yeah. They're all freaking out, and their eyes are really big, and it's like, oh, my God, I'm starting my university life with this foreign uh, I, I really want to make a virgin joke at this point, but I'm not going to. Well, Tony, your your taste and discretion is appreciated. <laughs> I'd like to, to mention to our viewers that Tony has exhibited grace and But no, they had yeah. get, you know, getting them that first day, the first period, yes, and it you makes know, a difference. walking in the room, and you get that, you, you sense that electricity, that excitement in the room. And, you know, have enough experience now to appreciate it mm. and be able to tweak it. It's like, yeah, this is really a, a key moment for all these kids. And it's, just, it's really nice to be able to share that. I think you hit it very, you know, you nailed that. It's a key moment in their life. Mm. And your opening comments in that kind of class are going to be remembered. Mm. That's great. Yeah, I, I always look forward to if I can get a first year class like that but i always like telling my first year students too this year, you're really excited university is really exciting and they're like yeah and i go it's like wonderful you can't wait to get to school and they're like yeah i said just wait for like three or four weeks <laughs> and then on the first day of class every year with my second and third year and fourth year students i say do you remember your first year your first week in university we're really excited to jazz and they go yeah <laughs> look at now and they go yeah <laughs> Okay, so seven- it's such a, and that's a, you just mentioned it just uh, just in passing, you know, for other people. It's like it's such a difference with first year students and second year students. This I've f- only got only got how many do I have one? I only have one second year class. You know, and that sophomoreitis thing is is palpable. <laughs> They're just it's such a big difference. It's so well, it's so much nicer with the first year kids. Well, well, first year kids and, and and then third and fourth. The second year is really tough to teach. I think. Huh. Well, you think they're just... They're, well, the third year, they're job hunt, already starting to job mm-hmm. hunt. And fourth year, I think the students who are in your classes pretty much usually have jobs already or have figured out their future, right? Mm. Otherwise, they're really job hunting a lot. Mm. So, ah, soft, sophomore-itis. Mm. Okay. So mm. 17 out of 18, though, that's incredible. I'm yeah, it's to, real nice. I have... Um, I'm trying to think. I have probably maybe 25% of my classes, or one-third, seem really good. Mm. Really nice students are energetic and involved and interested. Um, I have two really, really excellent classes. One is a writing class, and then another is a graduate class, actually, of graduate students. And that's those are fun people to work with, too, so... But seventeen out of eighteen—that's—I've—I've I've never heard that. 
I don't yeah, think I don't think I've from all the people you know I've worked with and talked with over the years, nobody's ever said that seventeen out of eighteen other classes are fantastic. So you well, was, well, I, well, I wouldn't. Know, I don't know if I'd say they're fantastic. Out of the seventeen and eighteen, there's there, there's nothing bad. I mean, some uh, some of them are really good. Like for example, that first month. Ironically, like last year, we complained about uh, our first yeah. classes on Monday, uh, but this my first class on Monday is just. Um, they're they're wonderful. They really are wonderful. That makes such a difference. And there's a handful of those, <coughs> but excuse me, <coughs> but there's nothing bad um, out of those seventeen, eighteen. They're they're all decent classes. Okay, yeah. I don't feel like last year. I, I think I was talking about the class, my Monday class that I was struggling with. Mm. I don't. I have one class maybe, but that's because it's a very large class, about forty students, and the student levels are very low, and they don't want to communicate that they don't understand. Mm. And they'll just mm. stare at you. Yeah, so, and what, what, what subject is that? What are you teaching to those, those oh, 40 kids? Oh, that's just general English. Oh. Four mm. skills, speaking, mm. oh, okay. you know, listening, reading, writing, using a textbook. Yeah, yeah. class that size hard, that kind of cl- that class is really hard when the level is low. Yes, yes, yes. That's very, very hard. Well, it's very hard because you have to figure out how to get them to work with each other. You do a lot of drill in the sense of trying to make the – because they have to get proficiency. Mm-hmm. And they have to learn certain basics, and they don't have the basics, nor do they have the confidence to string words together to make sentences. So, a lot of um, you know repetition used in hopefully interesting ways for them. Mm. And so, but it should be okay. But at least my Mondays are good. I start off Mondays um, not too badly, <laughs> but I do. I always am always amazed at how you know talk about things. Same mistakes again and again. It's just when um, I give students homework the first week. You know, you have to you know download these pages or something mm-hmm. and print out these pages and bring them. And half the students say, "I forgot." Hmm. And of course, these are not first year students, right? First, mm. I th- actually, you're right. It's second year students. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something to that. Mm. But I, I get upset with those students. You know, when I say, "Look, excuse me, you just don't forget your homework." And I go through the same spiel I always do when that happens, and I always kick myself instead of just going, okay, you got zero points, right? Maybe is the best thing to say. What's your name? Zero points. Okay, did you have the homework? Show it to me. Mm. Okay, you have plus 50. Maybe might be the best way. But anyway, I, I did that. Yeah, and not, not to say that you don't do it, but because uh, I, I just noticed that I catch myself in, when something like that happens, whether it's the beginning of the term or elsewise. Um, I always tell myself, well, you know, what I really need to do is when I assign this homework, really make it clear that, yes, this is the, not only is this is the homework and this is the homework and, and this I is really, the homework. <laughs> I really expect you to do this homework. Mm. And do you understand what the homework is? Do you understand that you must do this homework? Right. Um, to read, I mean, because, um, yeah, I, it happens too often in in my in my classes, in my experience, that I'm starting to think that maybe I'm not doing a good enough job of communicating the expectation. I refuse to take that position <laughs> because there's absolutely no way it could be right. I, right, exactly. I, I don't know what you're doing, but I know that I know that I make that mistake. Right. That, that's why uh, well, I, I do. I, I tell them uh, that 
look, in my classes, you have to do your homework. If I ask you to do something, please do it. Do you understand this? And they all go, yeah. And I think it's just part of the nature. Um, and those for people who are not you know, teaching in Japan, students can basically get through a lot of classes by almost doing nothing and just by showing up and getting, and they take attendance in a lot of classes, mm. right? Do you take attendance? Yeah, yeah, I do. Mm. Do you use that for your grading? Uh, I had used it a lot in the past. I use it <clears throat> just kind of a auxiliary kind of input now just to take a look and see. A record's like, well, look at somebody that didn't do so well, and look, then I'll look back and look at their attendance records to see, um, you know, what what did they miss? How many have they been? Have they been around and things? Or, you know, a kid shows up at the end and, you know, toward the end of the term, it's like, whoa, <laughs> um, excuse me. <laughs> This is the third time you've been here out of twelve. I don't. I don't think this is maybe the best course of action for you. You might be wasting your time. That's what sometimes if I give final tests, some schools require us to give final exams, and there'll be a student who will show up who hasn't came to like one class. Not not only that, and I have yeah, I have a school that requires. I and I had I taught at a school before that did this, and I now am teaching at one of the school that requires this. That we must after at the end of the semester, after the semester's ended, we must submit our copies of our attendance sheets. I was working at a place like on that. their forms. I was. So they they won't. They won't accept a printout of a of a spreadsheet. They want it on their forms. So. We we all get together at lunchtime. We we're, we're right today. We're writing zeros because it's got to be done their way too. So each name of the student, then you put a little circle for each day that they've been there and a slash for each day that they've been absent. So you have to write a circle for each student for each class for the semester. Oh, don't even get me started on that. And then you submit it, and it gets put into a drawer, and never no one ever. You know that's that's again. that's something I know. I know for a fact that <laughs> at certain places that require. A, us to submit paperwork mm. um, that they don't even know that some people haven't turned in the paperwork, mm. right? You know, and most of the people turn in the paperwork, and some people, I think, have mentioned to me that they just decided not to do it anymore, just to see what would happen. Mm -hmm. And some people are going on like three years. <laughs> <That> <laughs> nobody said anything to them. Well, I had a very interesting experience with, with this paperwork thing. This is a, a different school. We're definitely um, moving off topic, but that's okay. Well, yeah. It's, it's, well, that's an interesting topic. About, it's paperwork. It is, first, it is. first weeks and things we've seen again and again. And uh, they re for purposes of accreditation, they require the, the teachers to submit uh, some odd things. They said uh, the, uh, the copy of your final exam... Um, two copies of what you consider a minimal pass on the exam and some other things. And I was doing it. They ask for it every semester, et cetera, et cetera. And one semester, I just blew it. I just completely forgot about it, did not submit it. And nobody said anything. Better yet, they never asked me again. Win-win <laughs> uh, oh, Everyone's happy They're kind of like Wow, this guy gets it <laughs> That's He's... right If we mention it Then everybody's sad And everybody's unhappy Let's uh... Okay, so yeah. Anyway Back to the beginnings Back to the beginnings And in the beginnings So I I'll tell you I have, I have something that came up uh, mm. I don't Again, not too happy about it but I think I did the right thing, but I'm always second-guessing myself. And uh, 
I was um, second class. New student shows up at a very small class. It's a, so the uh, second week of the same class. Second week of the second meeting okay. of the same second okay. meeting of the class mm-hmm. in the second week. Small class, eight students. Oh, yeah, very nice, envy, right? Envy. Yeah, go, go. Okay. <laughs> always, always third or fourth year students usually. Very, yeah. uh, never first or second. And you call that work? When you, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> you'd be amazed at what I call work, Tony. <laughs> oh, do I have to get out of bed? I don't want to work. Right? That's work to me. <laughs> but, oh, do I have to jump in the swimming pool during my vacation and do a few laps? Wait, do you mean I actually have to go to the refrigerator to get the beer? Okay. Um, and new student shows up and I say, hi, um, what's your name? And starts speaking to me in Japanese. Mm-hmm. And I say, I'm sorry, please speak to me in English. She starts speaking to me again in Japanese. Third time, I'm sorry, this is an English class. Please speak to me in English. And I should mention that for people who don't know, but I I don't speak Japanese to students, even when I'm doing business with them, because that's forcing them to really use their English in a real way. And then finally, the fourth time, I say something else, please speak English. She's goes on and on in Japanese, and finally I said, look, this is an English class. Either use English or you want to take another teacher's class. And she uses this word, phrase, or expression, majide, which um, is a very, how would you describe that, Tony? Extremely casual, informal, used only between people who know each other well. Would you agree? Yes, and I would I would add to that because you have to add the 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 other the component to it, if you're not familiar with Japanese culture is that there are very few we we have you know, in English you know we have a grand tradition of profanity and swear words right and uh, extensive vocabulary which is which is one of the wonderful things about English. Um, and neither of us would ever use any of those words <laughs> to make our speech a little more colorful. And in Japan, they really don't have that. And it's the way that that is expressed is by using inappropriately casual language. Thank you for explaining. That's a very and good so way to put it's it. It's a very hierarchical society and everyone's very conscious of who is at which, what level and who what your level is and who you're speaking to. And the language changes depending on the context. And um, to exhibit good manners, you have to uh, use language that is appropriate for the level differences between the two people. Um, breaking those rules... Uh, is then becomes the equivalent of using like a swear word or profanity in English. So, and you, it, it, it's funny when you start learning Japanese because you want to learn the swear words. This is what you do when you learn foreign language. But there language. almost aren't any. There almost aren't any, and you get frustrated because no one will teach you. They say, "Well, they just kind of make a funny face." So partly they don't want you to get in trouble, but partly there aren't any. And you know, the when you do you finally do learn a couple of the words, um, then you translate them, and it's like. No, no, give me the real ones. It's like one of the strong ones is like, you know, it's like, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I'm, not, I'm hoping for something a little more oomph. But no, when you say it in Japanese, it's got plenty of oomph, right? Mm. And so when you're trying to translate this phrase, this, um, you know, that the student used is majide, um, it's not the word itself. The, the fact that it's, it's that a, you skipped over five casual, levels. Right. That, that, yeah. So... That, Which Tony, in this culture really, is like a, a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thanks. That's a good explanation for it because – It's almost like using the, the F word with a teacher. Basically, almost, exactly. Yeah. It's it's pretty close. 
It's pretty close because I think something like seven levels of formality, right, were jumped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for those again, for WTF? people who, right, exactly. That's basically <clears throat> saying, uh, mm. you know, maybe that's basically what it was the equivalent of was would be like a student. Socially, not, it's very yeah. It's, but it's very don't close you think that would be like being in class and a student would say you'd say something to a student they'd say WTF. They wouldn't use the words, right? They'd use the, the casual, act, the casual expression, you know, the shortening, right? And so, anyway, <clears throat> given that all that background, and basically that's how I interpret it. <laughs> um, I just what happened then? <laughs> gee, do you want to take a guess? <laughs> I very calmly went into my Zen Buddhist like state that lasted about a microsecond, <laughs> and I, you know, I just went off on the student. You know, basically, don't talk to me that way. Um, just get out of this class right now. Your attitude's bad. You don't understand how to be in an English class. You're disrespectful. And of course, all of it in English. Or actually, no, I think I went into Japanese at this point. Mm. Um, all in Japanese, you know, that, you, you know, I do not accept accept this kind of behavior. I will not be talked to in this way. Um, just get out and leave. And of course, you know, the students just sat there and all the other students are thinking, you know, like, oh, my God, who's this madman? Because now we have to add the fact. <laughs> it's a small the, class. Too, it's a small it class. Oh, it makes it even worse um, is that for a university teacher to express anger is incredibly unusual for them. I mean, this would happen in high school. At the, and also, school. At, also at the beginning of the term. Right, right. right. So this <clears> is not <throat> like the students even know me, okay? Hmm. But I just, you know, and I think, you know, I used to, when I worked in San Francisco and I was working at, you know, as a, in a peer counseling program and I was teaching students and I remember when students would go off and I would very calmly respond to them. Um Never go off, right? Because that was the I didn't want to go off. I wanted to use that as a, a so-called teachable moments kind of thing. But you know, I'm so not used to that now that I think I was completely taken aback and shocked. Um, and I'm second guessing myself. Should I have just turned to the student and said, "Excuse me, but you know, I'm a teacher. You're a a student. You don't use that kind of language." Was the student? But you know, all the second doubt you know, oh. self-doubts and things, you know, and then I'm sitting there thinking, well, wait a second. After the student didn't leave and I put the student into groups and I was overhearing the student and they were speaking quite well. They were able to carry on, a, you know, average conversation in English. Why didn't the student speak English to me? What was going on there? Right. You know, and you start questioning all these things. And of course there's no, and I'm not going to apologize to the student for going off on them because they have to, in my mind, apologize to me for using, you know, and you go through, you know what I mean? You can see where this whole thing goes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that was my Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> was Well, yeah, yeah. Every, every time, every time you lose, and we, you can go back to episode four where we talked about losing, losing it. Losing it, right. Yeah. <clears throat> and every time <clears throat> you do lose your temper, you, yeah, you're always like swamped with like second thoughts and second guessing and self-doubt and um, questioning yourself and questioning what happened so forth and so on but um yeah it you know it happens and you know it, in that process when you start like analyzing trying to figure out you know exactly what you know what you did and what you might have done um and you also think about you know what is happening from the student's perspective and so here you've got a, a second or a third year student um yeah they they should know better I think they're third and fourth year students in this okay. class. Okay, so third they and fourth definitely year should know better. They will definitely should know better, but 
also factor in again the reason why I like teaching the first year students is that they haven't been have don't have any poison experiences. Now, you know, she might have had in a, in her in her previous years of study, you know, a, a bad English teacher, uh, someone that um, you know taught in a way or conducted his or her class in a way that made that kind of behavior acceptable that somehow she doesn't realize okay again devil's advocate but going back but yeah as, as you know we've said already it's like but in a second third year you know not to do that regardless of what your experience was with you know with english teachers per se and use of english in the classroom etc cetera, etc cetera, you know how to behave this is this is basic japanese manners in classroom and it's a definite transgression however if again talking about first year students at the beginning of a term um i think they get a little bit more leeway because a lot of kids who end up in our classrooms are coming from backgrounds family backgrounds high school backgrounds the area that they're from um have a whole different socialization and um you know we assume that the, you're teaching at a, a university of a certain level that they've tested well enough, which implies, you know, not necessarily guarantees, but implies a certain background things. But there's lots of recommended admissions in Suisun and people who, you know, get in who, who maybe shouldn't be in, shouldn't be in, and even if they have the intellectual horsepower to do it, uh, don't have the socialization. Don't. And again, I think we talked about this too in a previous episode where I had the kids sitting on the floor talking <laughs> while I'm beginning class and then didn't understand why I got angry. Some kids who really don't know what it means to be in the classroom, who really don't know the proper way to address a teacher. They just have not been taught. Um, and so that's a difference. Those, like For first-year students, I think I would like to think that I give them more leeway and Again, make it a teaching moment. Third or fourth year student, there's really no excuse for that. I think that's a really good point that you know, first year students, they might not know how to behave. It's a new environment. They have images or stereotypes about the universities. Also, a first year student might have stereotypes or certain preconceived ideas about what a foreign teacher is like. Right. So here's a question, just to kind of find out. What do your, stu- how, what do your students call you? I ask them to call me Tony. See, now, interestingly, I ask, require my students to call me Mr. Wiz. I do mm. not allow anyone to call me Charles except for graduate <clears throat> students. Mm. And I think that this is part of the problem, mm. is that people you know, like yourself are very casual, mm. and they're calling you by your first name, and then they get mm. somebody like me, and they don't know, and they're confused. Mm. And mm. I really think you know, they would never call their professors by their first name. It's a very rare professor who's going by a nickname in Japan, don't you think? Um, yeah, and I and I make that part a big part of my first lessons about uh, the difference between English and Japanese, and casualness and formality, mm. and the difference between being ca- the, the the different di- different um, die die die. I forget my English um, p- p- polarities of casualness and formality versus politeness and impoliteness. That in uh, Japan, formality generally generally equates with politeness, but not in English. So if you can be very, very formal in English, it'll be very, very impolite. Um, That's a very and, good point. And I talk about how quickly North Americans, Australians and New Zealanders, um, very quickly 
as a way of being polite, try to go to a first name basis and make a point about the English being a little bit more formal. Use Harry Potter as an example. They, you know, they call him, you know, either the teachers call the students by their last name, a Potter, Potter, go to the board, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and to point out that, well, they have a king, you have an emperor, we elect a president. Um, the, the horizontal nature of the society, the vertical nature of the society. And I pull all that in into, and then I mentioned the Japanese keigo, which is the, uh, we talked about the differences in the language, how you use different language to talk to people who are at a higher level or in a more formal context. Whereas well, you, English, let me interrupt for just a second hmm. for those people who are not in Japanese or, or in Japan, that you can there are actually, what, four levels of formality. There's a special language you use when speaking to the emperor, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's keigo. So to say I, you'd say watakushi, right? Mm. And then usually you say watashi. And then when you're casual for a man, you can say boku, right? So there's four levels. And you want to get real done and dirty yeah. in Osaka, ore! Yeah, right. <laughs> so, and each one of those, again, is connected to how well you know somebody, and how you interact with people. So I just wanted to point out that when you're talking about um, the language and formality, there's like five registers, almost. Right. Yeah, right. And and, for, and I use the I use the in the class I use the example of the verb give. Mm. And so, like, I give my father a birthday present. I give homework. I give my brother. Well, in Japanese, it means that my your older brother or your younger brother use a different word. Uh, I give my brother a book, and I give my dog his dinner. In Japanese, those are all different verbs. Right. And in English, it's all give. You know, so I, I give mm. the president, uh, you know, okay. a bunch of flowers, and I give the janitor. Or uh, Mr. Obama, I'd like to give you this present. Right, right. But it's the same language. I understand what you're doing. I understand. So what that's you're what, doing. and that's and, why I do what I do. And maybe that might account that this student had. I'm trying no. to think. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. No, no, I'm just trying to come across. She's, she's just a yeah, not very nice person. <laughs> well, you know, it was punky behavior is how I term it. She was just. It was. She was that, it was very punky, nice. you know, and not in the punk rock kind of what good sense, but just being a punk. I felt, hmm. um, and I just won't, I have zero tolerance for that behavior, hmm. and I think that students need to. Also, there's the educational value is for the seven other students got to see what happened when a foreigner <laughs> who understands some Japanese is hmm. talked to like that, hmm. and that it's not going to turn quiet. And it's not going to be, oh, you don't understand better, that they need to understand. It does have a really strong effect on somebody. Sure. So, And, and they learn something. Oh, uh, and I could have screwed up the, you know, the atmosphere of the class, too, because, you know, the students see the teacher get really angry. And, I mean, I was not, it was not a calm anger that's like, excuse me, but I don't think you should be talking to me that way. It was obvious that I was offended. Mm. You know, really, really offended. So now, you know, think, ah, you know, I kind of ruined the atmosphere of the class. But on the other hand, that was a real learning thing to say, wow, you know, maybe using slang to a professor. Well, but my other professor didn't care what's going on. So what I think I'm going to do is even if the student is there or not there, I will discuss the use of why that happened. Well, I think I think the other issue, the other small little thing that I just thought of was oh, a you, small little thing. About, okay, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Charles. Uh, I have to get a small one little of those thing. It's like, like a large, big thing. Um, I'm losing my point here. Um, the there's also a difference in in and this is kind of a half defense of, of my approach, half difference of 
her doing that in Japanese versus her doing using casual language in English. Oh no, completely different, right, Tony. Right. Oh, so, complete. Yeah. I would not so, have gotten upset. So if she had I'm done talking, that in I make English. them talk to me in English. They call me Tony. I think, and if they're speaking Japanese, I assume maybe wrongly that they would probably call me Tony Sensei or Silva Sensei. Oh, that's a completely, completely agree right. with you. If she, you know, I you never take a kid apart for making a mistake and register in the language. You don't take right a, exactly. It would be exactly. that I would have been out of line and I would have turned to the class immediately and said, excuse me, but I am wrong, out of line here. I apologize to you. No, this is a student, it's their native right. language. Exactly. Right? And I know it's it's not a non-native speaker of Japanese. Hmm. Um, you know, and this was just, as I said, either this person was, either they just didn't know, <clears throat> and now they know, <laughs> hmm. or, you know, there had to be some other reason for it. And hmm. I... Just, you know, I, all I can do at this point, and what I will do is I will go into class, because the students have pretty good English, and I'll say, excuse me, I'd like to talk about what happened last week with that student. And if that student's there, I doubt if she'll show up. It'll be interesting to see if she does. Well, she stayed. She didn't leave, right? Well, it would have been really hard to walk out of the class at that oh, point. Okay. Think about it. To get up and walk. Have you ever kicked a kid out of class? We talked about this, where you kick a kid out of class. Oh, hell yeah. And you force the kid to walk out of class. It's like, yeah. it's a major moment. Sure. <laughs> so, I haven't done it for like, yeah, maybe 10 or 15 years, but <laughs> yeah, actually, so, I've done uh, it. Let me put, okay, that's an interesting thing that you just, that clicked for me, mm. is that this hasn't happened to me in so long. Mm. Again, because we've talked about how we're lucky where we teach. Mm-hmm. I haven't mm-hmm. had a situation like that in a really long time. I mean, 17, 18 years ago when I was, you know, first coming here in my first five, six, seven years of teaching. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of laughed it off and, you know, dealt with it. I I was just shocked because I haven't been exposed to that in so long. I mean, my biggest complaint at most universities that are still pretty good is that students won't move out of my way when I'm coming, you know, when somebody, <laughs> you know, somebody has to step aside, you know, this one, you know, I, somebody has to step aside, right? <clears throat> and students think that I'm going to actually step off a path onto the grass so that they can pass. <laughs> <laughs> and students have found out that I don't do that. Mm. But you know, I mean, that's the worst thing, right? Or, a, I mean, uh, last year, a student bumped me and didn't say sumimasen, and I called huh. them out on it, you know? But this was just, you know, it was exceptional. But anyway, so that was my first week. That's my biggest negative. Um, some very positive things. I, I'm lucky that I get to teach some graduation thesis students. Mm. Have you ever done that? No, no. Yeah, that's, no. it's one of the real joys when you're full-time. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, only a part-time teacher. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Is that the Maji day there? <laughs> What I mean by that is, again, it's just really lucky in the sense I, I got – I have two students who are just highly motivated. You know, I ask them to read something I, or I suggest that they – you know, you might be interested in reading this. And then next week they come back with the book from the library or they've ordered it from Amazon and they have questions. Ooh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And I'm mentioning just that because given this one situation with this one girl who, you know, set me off, on the other hand, I walk into a situation like that. Mm. Right. One student comes back from a year and a half in America and she wants to look at um, education and race and discrepancy and differences in educational opportunities and experiences. 
So I send off and say, you know, you might want to take a look at Brown versus Board of Education, which is the really mm -hmm. important court case, comes back with the court transcripts <laughs> <laughs> or something like this major article. So, you know, my first week was not all just bad like that. It's great, you know, that when you have the students who really want to excel, it's really joyful. But what about... Um, other stuff. Yeah, the other end of the spectrum. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. My, I have the 17 I'm grumpy good here. classes. I'm grumpy. I want, I'm, 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 Go off on your one bad. Tell I'm us jumping about your on the bit for number 18. <laughs> uh, I was trying to push that off as long as we could. Tell us about number 18. Well, I, ironic, last year we, we kind of shared the experience of having our first classes of the week being our... Uh, we, what, we, we call them a lot of things. <laughs> the, the mute classes. The classes whatever. I struggle with. <clears throat> Yeah, well, that's being kind. And so, yeah, my my last class of the week. No. Yeah, yeah, last class on Friday. It, it went from the first class on Monday to the last. Yeah. Well, the gods are playing with you. And the, you know, if you imagine like, you know, the cartoons where you see like, um, you know, uh, Yosemite Sam kind of like pulling on a on a mule, and the mule just does not want to move, doesn't want to lead a horse to water, can't make him drink. He's pulling on that mule. Mm. That's me in this classroom. <laughs> it's, wow. it's they're, they're they're pretty good. I mean, for first year students to get that entrenched and that <laughs> that <laughs> I've never seen so much so much deer in the headlight expression in one room before. So, really, I mean, after all um, these years, you'd say that this class is <clears throat> exceptional that way. They're pretty. They're pretty close. They're up there. They're really something. I, so many kids just staring at the at front edge of their desk. I I kind of noticed that's the focus point. It's like they're looking down at their desktop, focused at the mo at the forward edge. They're all kind of looking at. That so they're spot. looking at the most forward edge of their private space. <laughs> <laughs> that's about as far out hoping, from themselves. Just, just waiting and hoping that this class will end soon, and the teacher um, will not call on them or. Look. And, I, and in the class, okay, there's about there's, how many say, in the class? About twenty, about twenty, and there's three or four. And there's there's one kid that I have earlier in the day, and she. It's a mixed majors class, which is part of the problem, and there are three or four that are. Oh, they're sentient. They're aware. <laughs> they, and they understand what I'm saying. And they laugh at the jokes, but they don't have the momentum to, like, shift the rest of the class. So, like, they, the me and the other, they're laughing at the jokes. And they're also looking at these other kids saying, what, what's what's going on here? What the hell's wrong with these people? And I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying everything. I'm pulling every trick out of the bag. Finally, second week, end of the second week, it says, okay, this is supposed to be, and I'll get into some of the reasons for the problem. It's supposed to be a topics discussion class, and these kids just are not there. Um, so, jeez, oh, I got to do something. So, luckily, I had in my bag enough copies of Find Someone Who. <clears throat> it's like, well, at least they can get to know each other, break the ice a little bit, some baby English. And, you know, it's like, it's generally too easy, too simple for the kids at this school, this level, but whatever, give it a shot. So put them on it. Explain, you know, you don't answer just yes or no. You give a little story stuff. Damn. If they don't like gather around a table together, you know, to the desk together, make a little... I think I know and, where this is going, yeah. And try and, and get the names so they can fill out the names of each on the, on the little, on the form. All together. 
altogether. So they don't have to ask the question. So they they just say, right. uh, so my who, job okay. is just... Who is this? This is Mari. Okay, okay. everyone writes down Our Mari. job is... Oh, this is Kyoko. Okay, Kyoko, Kyoko knows how to cook. <sighs> and, I, and I almost... And I had a moment. I had a moment. You I had, said, okay, I'm going to... First, but I said, well, no. Okay, listen. This is part of it. Let them... Because let them bond together. Let them do... Again, right? I said, let them teach me what they can do. Let them teach me what is... So I just I kind of watched. And there were some kids that were splintering off and, and doing it the right way. And, and there's a lot of reasons for this. It, 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 this is always somewhat of a problem class because at this school, uh, we shall go unnamed, um, they are, in, in one way, commendably, they tell the teachers, no, don't lower your standards. We want the students to produce. You know, if they can't do the work, fail them. Don't, and they require us to choose textbooks at an intermediate level. However, they don't apply this standard to their admission. So <laughs> they admit students who are incapable of using the intermediate textbook. Yes, they require us to choose an intermediate textbook. So from the very get-go, these kids are kind of screwed. Um, there's a huge gap between the expectations of the university and the ability of the students that we are given to work with. Um, the This class is a required class for all students. They track the students by level. And in this class, you've got students of different majors together. And you know, if you any, if you know it's something about Japanese society, that already is a fragmented group. So you've got all these little subgroups and sub-cliques within the class. Uh, and it makes them uncomfortable and things much less likely to gel. If you've got all students in one major, it's likely that they know each other. They've got a social dynamic worked out, which can work for or against you. But you can also manipulate if you, if you're, you know, clever enough and adept enough at like manipulating that, finding out who the leaders are, um, getting them on your side, and using them to co-opt the rest of the group to do what you need them to do. Um, you can't do that here because they're all fragmented and it, they don't like it there. They don't like being with all these strangers. They want to go back to their, their groups. Well, we should point out that the, that maybe the most important emotion that affects your class is discomfort. Mm. It's not that people are comfortable with each other. It's that they're going to be uncomfortable with, mm. as you're pointing out. And that is pretty much what you have to really work with most of the time. But anyway, please continue. Yeah, so so there's all that from the very beginning, and um, this has been his historically at, at this school with this class, and this this year is my last attempt at um, towing the company line. Next year we're gearing way down with the textbook, and I will argue with the administration that that it, that's the only way that this can work. Um, is to get them a textbook and uh, a class curriculum, a syllabus, in keeping with their real level, not their ideal fantasized level, because they can't do it. I always find it's just easier to say that I will supply all materials. Will they allow you to do that for the class? I'm not sure, but that's, that's uh, certainly, to, an, yeah. option. that's right. certainly an option. That's certainly an option. So they're all sitting around, okay, they're doing – find someone who they see the task as not something to use their English or practice their English. It's simply let's get this done, okay? And you're about to lose it. Oh, no. I said let them, let them, let them and do then this. They let, did them, that, let, them, right? let them do it their way. And then they did it their way. And, and then it was the – and then it was time to go home. 
It was the end of the okay. week. <laughs> I, was I did it because it, it was again. I, I went through what I what I do is like, so. This is this is a topic class that I teach. Yeah, I've been teaching like 10, 12 years in different ways, in different forms, different textbooks, where each week there's a different topic. The the textbook provides a uh, a basic topic or issue. Uh, students need to prepare and come to class. I give a little talk about relevant vocabulary, about um, how the different cultures might in, in, view this particular question or issue, different ways of looking at it, and then uh, let them put them into groups to discuss the issue. Hmm. Um, generally, with what happens is we do one topic a week. With this class, I knew there were problem. I planned on spreading it over two weeks. This first unit, which normally is done like in the second week, we're spreading over four classes. And so next week, we're going to go through the textbook line by line, and I'll teach them how they are expected to prepare for it. So, But this will be the last year that I do that. I'll, I'll just mm. take a completely different approach next year. Okay. It's interesting because almost every year, regardless of the class, regardless of the level, I always do find someone who on mm. the first day mm. because I'd like to get the students familiar with the fact that they're going to be moving around in my classroom. That's, yeah, it's a, it's a nice exercise. It's, it, it's it, a great right. little, and you can adjust first it for different levels, sure. right? Please use open-ended questions. Please use echo and follow-up questions, right? Make sure that you provide at least three specific details when you answer it. It's very flexible. And um, But what I always <laughs> notice is that pretty much by the time that the activity has been going on for about 10 to 12 minutes, students have moved to the furthest part of the classroom away from me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? And I always get the – and a lot of times in a lot of schools uh, – the the men and the women will break up into different groups. Yeah, it's always funny to me that that happens. But so you have the last class on Friday. Yeah, uh, yeah my last class on Thursdays. I might because I decided not to teach on Fridays this year. My my last two classes are just, you know. Out of out of this world, they're moonshots. They're great. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. Um, one and this is a technical writing class. It's for teaching students how to write technically at a very very good school. I have twelve students, and they're just their abilities are very good. But um, I have good chemistry with them, and it's great. You know how it is when you get chemistry with a class. Mm, right. Mm, you know, that's mm. always a great topic, too. By the way, I wanted to go back to something um, before I forget. Um, I have this great class. I'll get back to that maybe later if I still remember to do that. But you were talking about how there's four students in the class who get it, right? Mm. And they're looking around, but they're not motivated enough for something you said. Um, I was always wondering, how many extroverted involved students do you need, let's say out of a group of 25, to get the dynamic going really ah, well, you know that's really the that's the great. It's really the, it is one of the great questions. Is I've always wondered how many students, and you know, if you gave them like a Myers Briggs, right, extroversion mm. introversion test, mm. if you gave that to your class, what percentage of students do you need to have what we call those good classes, right? The ones that are what's the term we use in Japan, Genki, meaning healthy or bright or bubbly. Mm. I always wondered about that. You know, why are some classes just alive and you look forward to them in other classes you just figure i could I pull my hair out how many ex- i taught this class the word torture 
Yeah. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote it on the board. I says, you know, you guys are torturing me. And oh, I've done that. Put, I've done that. And then they, they looked up and they looked, so they said, you don't know the word torture? I said, this is torture. This is this word. This is what you're doing to me. You're torturing me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've actually, I've, I've written out the question, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> but I do a whole thing, too, when I get the, the wall of silence. Or a cone of silence. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for those of you who are too young to remember, that's a reference to an old American TV show called Get Smart that was remade as a movie. But there was this, when they needed to talk secretly, they, the cone of silence would come down from the ceiling, but it never worked properly. But anyway, um, you know, you get the student and you get no answer. You get no response. Always a difficult thing for me to deal with when I say, okay, everyone, do you understand that I want you to write down three questions to ask your partner. And there's no movement. There's nothing. You know what I'm talking about. Deer in the headlights again. Right, right. And then finally I have to say to them and say, excuse me, are you angry with me? And everybody knows the word anger. Mm. And they look at me and I'll say, are you angry with me? And they're looking and I say, because. And I tell the story that, you know, if my wife is angry at me, she doesn't talk to me. And I go through the whole thing and I tell a little story, you know, and illustrate it and act it out for them. And then I have to teach them that if you don't answer a question that a teacher asks, you're either telling the teacher you're angry or you don't like them. You don't want to deal with them because there is a very different response to silence. Absolutely. That they are right. And this is very different, again, from the example I gave of the student who I lost it on. You have to train your students that zero response is not acceptable, especially because, for example, interrupting for understanding is not acceptable in Japanese, Mm. right? You would almost never interrupt another speaker. Mm. And you don't interrupt someone in English to give your opinion, but I think it's completely acceptable for somebody to say, excuse me, even between natives, I'm not following that idea. I don't right. understand what you're referring to. And nobody would be offended by that. You would just do a correction and provide the background information. So it's very important to teach your students this big difference about, you know, interrupting for understanding is considered polite, not rude. And that's Yeah, all kinds of stuff with, with the silence and the different communication. And what, what silence big, means. Big, oh, big. for example, short answers. Yeah. Short answers means, that, you know, one word, two word answers means you don't want to talk to somebody. Right. And they don't know this. But again, by the third or fourth year, you expect your students to do this. But, you know, on the and you expect other teachers to have taught it. Mm. Now, here's something interesting, though, Tony, and this is amazing to me, is what shocks me. I've been talking to other teachers at um, one of the schools I work at, and I ask them, do you teach your students, please, thank you, excuse me, you're welcome? You know where I'm going on this one now, right? Right, right, right. You know, I said, because, for example, if I hand a student a paper, I think I've mentioned this before, I'll say, here you are. And if the student takes a paper with say, saying, thank you, I withdraw the paper and go to another student. And this is always on the first day until the students learn thank you. And on the very first day, I teach them, here you are, thank you, you're welcome. And that you always, I explain to them, you always have to say thank you, please, you're welcome, excuse me. Most teachers are not even teaching these these basic aspects of politeness, which is, you know, how can you get your students ready to be dealing or interacting in a second language without the politeness words that gets them all the patience and understanding they're going to need? Right, right, the absolute basics. Right, 
Hmm. You know, think about it. It just appalls me that other teachers don't require this or... I think I've said this before that I've taught at a couple of places where actually teachers have come up to me and gone, hey, Charles, I've got your students this year. And I go, oh, really? And they go, yeah. They say, please excuse me. Thank you. Here you are. And they say they don't understand because I drill my students mm -hmm. in what's called, I think, the control method. Right. Mm -hmm. Please say that again. Please speak more slowly. That handout goes out the first day and I drill my students and drill my students in that. And it takes three to four weeks of constant drilling until they finally, you know, start using it. But that's a, there's a pet peeve for me. Mm. That's always the hard part in the beginning of the semester, right? Is training your students. We've talked about this. Yes, yes. You know, yes. We should spend some time that I'm back to training a group of students again, and I'm going to lose them now in 13 weeks. Mm. 12 more weeks and they'll be done and then I'll have another group of students because I, I only have, I think, one one-year course this no i have no, i'm only bad. teaching three one-year classes uh, that's too bad yes most, exactly most one year classes. it makes I'm a big difference when they're one year because that's huge you know three because it takes three weeks to train them hmm. yeah absolutely you yeah. know it's a that's huge uh pedagogically that's uh, just amazing that's uh, uh yeah don't get me started yeah that's an argument in favor of the year classes yeah absolutely you know where I, but uh yeah. You know, for example, just getting my students to feel comfortable. It's like, use your smartphone. There's a dictionary in your smartphone. There's Google in your smartphone, right? Mm. Um, you know, you have access to images when you can't communicate. Use the technology to help you communicate. Getting them used to that. Mm. Getting them used to ask questions. Getting them comfortable with each other. Getting them to, to be friendly. Um Simple things is teaching them count, you know, count by sevens to get them into groups and getting them then to t training them to get into the groups quickly enough so you don't lose five minutes right, in a class right. of 30. So that's always interesting. But I guess, you know, it's the nature of the job. It's that's it's springtime. Yeah, well, the training the training thing is, is huge. It's huge. And it's a it's a it's a big job. And so I think some of the people that often kind of give that uh, short shrift maybe. And uh, I was just thinking about some of the other things that, you know, not that maybe I've learned not to do or um, that I think maybe other people kind of do at the beginning that maybe makes their lives harder than it needs to be. Um, you said the importance of this training, uh, but along with the training, also that kind of like a relationship building. People, I, I think a lot of teachers, like maybe just go to the book way too soon. mm um, you know, if you get your, you know, the basic training that you're talking about simultaneously, also establishing the kind of relationship, relationship there with the students and also the atmosphere of the class. Mm, yes, of course. Um, uh, expectations. Um, huge one here that, you know, again, you talk about like a flat learning curve that took me so long to learn. At the you know, beginning, you walked into the classroom, the failure to smile. That's not a problem for me. Um, well, no, but I mean, but it's no, but it's a problem for a lot of people. <laughs> it took me a long time to learn how imp maybe I was doing it, but it took me a long time to realize how important that was that when you walk into that classroom, it really is you really need to be a, a, a superlative actor. You got to not just smile, but you've got to walk in there, convince them that you are happy to be there mm. and that you've got confidence and that you are the leader and you, that you know what you're doing. 
um, and that they can have confidence. You I'm sorry, you're requiring your... me to fake too many things at this point. <laughs> well, as I said, it, I said it was hard. It was a, it's an acting job. <laughs> I said it was acting, <laughs> but you, but that's what you got to when you walk in there. That's what you that, and you, you, I think you have a very short time to establish that. You know, I think it's you know ba- the basically maybe the ten first ten or fifteen minutes of the first class. Um, You've got that amount of time to, and you know, so much of it is nonverbal. Yeah, it's very true. That's very true. Uh, to really put that out there, and um, yeah, you know, there's time for the textbook. There's time to crank out the syllabus. There's t- there's time to talk about you know all the things that they're going to have to do. But never, um, never, never crank out the the, the textbook on the <laughs> first day. People do. People do. No, no, people do. Don't people do. No, you know, no, no. And there's no Santa Claus either. <laughs> I know uh, people do. People, you know, they they crank out the textbook on the very. I, first I just think you, if you know, I, yeah. Yeah. well, you know, actually, you know what I do on my first time when I walk into a class. If it's the first time, I, I have this little kind of what I think is funny, and it seems to be good for the students. I'll walk into the class and I'll say, "Excuse me, who's your teacher?" And they'll say, "Oh." Wiz or Mr. Charles or Mr. Wiz, and I'll say, oh, I'm sorry, wrong class. And then I'll walk out of the classroom, and they're kind of surprised. And I'll walk back in. <laughs> I go, sorry, I just, you know, kind of having fun with you. And I kind of immediately have created a lighter atmosphere, mm. right? Although, except for the students who are confused, who might not know what's going on. But I want right away, I'm doing pretty much what you're doing. Yeah, I want yeah, to set a to. tone that this is friendly, relaxed. Okay, um, Maji there. Well, that's different. She, she wasn't. She was. Yeah, I know. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to go there with that. Gotcha, huh? Pulled you in there. But you know, you you understand that too. Absolutely, that's, absolutely. But that yeah. student but that, wasn't there for the first day. But then, and I well, didn't you, do that's that. a good point. And I did. That's do what that. makes it so hard. Yes, yes. That's what makes it so hard. Yes, 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 yes. And as I said again, um, that. There's a difference, and they have to learn this between, as you pointed out, right, that formality and politeness do not equate to be the same thing. Mm. And informality can is far too easy to go into impoliteness. It's very different yeah. that way, right? It's far easier to be informal and end up being impolite than it is to be too formal. Oh, it's a, it's incredibly complex. And yeah. even if you're talking about monoculture, I mean, even within one culture, I mean, to, to actually learn the right way, the right way to do things. When in and doubt. And to when be graceful doubt. and all that other crap. And to then to try to do it like while you're simultaneously, which it's, you have to do, learning a second language, well then, yeah, it's that, that's why it's hard. It's an incredibly complex thing. But the rule is, of course, is always stay at the highest level of formality. Right, you right. Think is Never try to go too informal. Hmm. And as I said, in all the times that I've done that joke, you know, and, you know, coming in, going out, I've never heard Maji Day <laughs> to bring it full circle. I mean, this was in, in a small group and somebody who had missed the first class. So they had no idea whether I was serious or formal because, you know, we're just sitting down. I'm saying, excuse me, you weren't here last week. What's your name? You know, why were you absent? I just need to know, et cetera. But, yeah, going to the textbook or... um you know, all the other things that immediately don't help build a relationship and being clear with your expectations, right? You know, for example, I tell my students, I would put my name up on the board. This is my first name. This is my last name. Please call me Mr. Wiz. Do not call me Charles. Charles is what my wife and my, my friends call me, right? You know, then we go through a whole thing. We do our activities, you know, 
asking questions, teaching them how to ask questions. We play a couple of fun games, go through the syllabus finally after that so they understand, as you pointed out, right, being very clear about expectations. Very, very, very very clear and saying, excuse me, but in this class, you do have to do homework. You will have some homework every class. You're expected to put in about 45 minutes to an hour or maybe more to prepare for the next class. If you don't like that, I suggest you find a different teacher or take a different class and right. Save yourself the time. Clarity clarity in expressing those expectations is so incredibly important. And it's really important also to, you know, even if you hand the syllabus out on paper and then you start explaining it, that you write the key words on the board. So if Mm. I say you do need to do homework, you write homework on the board. And then you you write every week, 45 minutes, give multiple... A number of times of feedback, give multiple feedback, give it in, you know, as many modes as possible, make sure they understand because, you know, students can drop a class if they want. And, you know, you want to say, look, I'm sorry to pass my class, you will have to do work. And they need to know that and they have the right to know that because some of the other classes that they take, they will get by without doing any work. So, Mm. yeah, first day is... Maji Day. That's, I think, probably going to be the title of this episode, huh? Yeah, we can do that. We could do something like that. So now we have third week coming up. So you going to get any golden week or end of I got April? a couple of days. Yeah. I got a couple of days. I think I have zero days off this year, the way it's working. I think I got two. I got a Monday and a Wednesday. That's not too bad. But So you that's... have to go in on Tuesday, though. I think I don't. I don't think they're in the same week. I think. They're in oh, once. Weeks. But that's fine. But so it's two four day weeks. I'll take it. That's not. A, that's not a problem. Yeah, that's I'll right. Take that. I'll take that. I'll take it smiling. Okay, Tony. So yeah, it's that time again to say so long, goodbye. It's a wrap. <laughs> that's right. Okay. And as usual, we are at uh, the web pages two teachers talking dot com. The email to teachers talking at gmail.com and we're uh, the podcast is available subscription on iTunes for free of course um, and Skype also if you've got uh, want to add a um, uh, oral comment to a little verbal thing uh, two teachers talking at Skype right uh, if you want to leave a message on And if you're listening to us through iTunes, please feel free to rate us the more ratings we get so that we get some feedback to know how we're doing and what you think about the podcast And um, I'm going to, I think, take it easy today. I wish I had the option. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, procrastinating everything (laughs) for a very long tomorrow. But I just think, you know, I just want to. There you go. Give yourself a break. How's the weather where you are? A little cloudy over here. Mm, it's it looks like a nice day. It looks all right. Yeah, okay. a little overcast, but okay. coolish. Nice spring day. Okay. All right, Tony. So we'll be talking to you soon. Have a good week. Good. And you too. Be well. Bye. <laughs>